Hi, this is Violet Lang. Welcome to my podcast, The Pleasure Path, all about love, dating, relationships, and femininity. I help successful spiritual women find their pleasure and their power to create healthy partnership. In this episode, I share the seven ways of a deeply feminine woman and how to cultivate more feminine energy in your life. I am so excited to talk today about the seven ways of a deeply feminine woman. This is a topic that absolutely lights me up and makes me very excited about all the ways that we can move through the world so much more full of pleasure and femininity and love. So one of the ways of a deeply feminine woman, the number one way is pleasure. And pleasure means taking your head up off of the, you know, desk sometimes. It means finding moments of joy and ecstasy throughout your day because life is hard enough. There's plenty of stressors and reasons to feel overwhelmed. Sometimes people are afraid, well, if I'm in my pleasure, like something bad will happen. Or if I'm in my pleasure, I'll just get lazy. And I've never seen that to be true with the hundreds of women that I've worked with. Following their pleasure has always unlocked a greater sense of love for themselves and compassion for others. And also a greater sense of protection from themselves for themselves because they know what it's like to feel good and they want that. They're not just going to give that up easily or get used to feeling bad and then therefore project that onto other people as well. So the first way of a deeply feminine woman is a woman who really follows her pleasure, who knows what feels good for herself and lets that happen in her life, prioritizes that in her life. And this could look or feel like a lot of different things. Um, pleasure is not just sexual. For me, pleasure is getting into the five senses and enjoying the wind on my skin when I'm walking my dog or making a cup of homemade hot chocolate, which I did right before I started recording this. It's super yummy. I like to use like the very full fat, heavy whipping cream and a little bit of stevia and cocoa powder and butter and some MCT oil and cinnamon and basically like a bulletproof coffee, but with hot cocoa. So I'm enjoying that as I record, as I record this podcast, I have some candles lit. I have some rose quartz crystal by me and I'm reclining back in my chair where I like to create content and and connect with the women that I serve. So pleasure is happy satisfaction according to the dictionary. And I invite you to explore for yourself. What is happy satisfaction for me? Do I even experience happiness or satisfaction on the regular? And how might I incorporate that more into my daily life? And of course, then what might be some of my fears around doing so or judgments? We're not going to go into all of that right now, but just know that a lot of times our fear is something that's asking to be loved and healed. So it's good to be in touch with the fear. It's good to notice what the fear is and peel back some of that conditioning. Maybe the fear is from a societal condition or from a family condition or a cultural condition, but understanding that you absolutely deserve to feel pleasure. You are a human being who is inherently lovable, inherently worthy, absolutely deserving of happy satisfaction. I mean, yes, you get an A. You get an A in life. You get the ability to have an A in life and the deserving of having an A in life because the caveat is that pleasure 
or the assumption is that pleasure is good for everyone. So inherent pleasure is about feeling good and happy satisfaction with what's coming to you in life and what you're creating in life and the relationships that you're building. It's not perverse pleasure. Perverse pleasure is taking pleasure in other people's misfortune or in creating misfortune for others. That's not what we're talking about. (laughs) We're talking about pleasure in the uh, more pure, absolute sense. And not to split hairs, but podcasts can get kind of heady. So I want to keep it as embodied as possible. Um, Whether you're listening to this in your car, or maybe yourself are enjoying a bar of chocolate or something very pleasurable. The five senses are such a great gateway in. I mean, if you think about music, people take immense pleasure from music. And music is not always, you know, light and fluffy. So pleasure doesn't have to be like light and fluffy. Sometimes there's a delicious pleasure in like the painful ache of a very sad song or the bittersweet quality of music that thrills you and and lifts you up and then also brings you into the more sorrowful places. So allowing yourself to be in all five of those senses and enjoying pleasure for pleasure's sake throughout your day is a way to contact your feminine energy. So whether you're a man or a woman, you can touch base with this luscious feminine quality, let it flow through you. Maybe it's something that you just come into contact with every so often during your day, or maybe it's something that absolutely explodes into your life and just turns into something that's really an inherent value. But I find that most often when we fully develop our feminine we inherently hold space for a fully developed masculine. So we all have this masculine and feminine energy within us. And by following our pleasure, we not only create more of a strength within our feminine energy or or an opening to that, but then we also then create space for the polar opposite of that, for a deeper expression of our masculine. So I love this topic and we're going to be exploring it more and more on all of our, our episodes. Um, But I just wanted to highlight that, yes, the number one way of a deeply feminine woman is a woman who's in her pleasure. And why does that matter? Well, one of the reasons is that it's magnetic. I mean, when you see someone enjoying the most decadent piece of cake or trying on a beautiful dress, there is a potency to that. There is an energy to that. It is a, it is a gateway to the divine, in my viewpoint, that when we're fully immersed in our pleasure, we are at one with all things beautiful in the world, with all things that are uh, delightful and sensual and, and happy, um, when we, especially when we give ourselves fully to that, without guilt, without shame, without fear, or at least noticing those as they arise. And as weird as it sounds, following pleasure and being a deeply feminine woman connected to your pleasure, it's going to bring up all of your stuff. It's going to bring up all of the ways that you feel that you don't deserve pleasure, or you feel guilty or shamed about it, and the times when you kept yourself from pleasure or did something that was not happy and satisfying for someone else. Um, so if you are following your pleasure you know, and listening to this podcast or afterwards or just throughout your life and stuff comes up, just know that that's good. As you increase your capacity for pleasure, you're going to be increasing your capacity to feel everything and to feel the variation between what's pleasurable and, and what's not so pleasurable and then actually find the pleasure in the things that might not on the surface feel so pleasurable. And we'll talk about that a little bit later uh, in this episode. 
So the second way of a deeply feminine woman is the way of amusement. (laughs) And I can barely even talk about this without laughing because it really was a not easy concept for me to grasp when I was uh, working more with this energy. I had taken my life so seriously. I studied chemical engineering in undergrad. I went to business school. You know, my family has German heritage and you know, Lutheran, uh, religious background. And none of those things were about amusement. They were about, uh, stoicism and, and all of that. And so amusement just means unlocking the humor in life and finding the lightness in any situation. Laughter is such a state changer. It's such a great way to cut through whatever we're, you know, we're present with. And we don't need to force the laughter, but sometimes the laughter just happens organically as a release of energy or a recognition of what a cosmic freaking joke this is. Sometimes um, the laughter is a way to connect with others. You know, when we're, when we're in laughter with someone else, our nervous systems start to attune and they start to relax. Uh, and if you have a hard time connecting with your laughter, I highly suggest that you listen to some comedy on Spotify. I mean, I love all sorts of comedy, including like Louis CK and, um, you know, Dave Chappelle, oldie, oldie, but goodie. Um, and yeah, of course it's like, vulgar. And that's kind of part of the fun of it. You know, the vulgarness is a part of waking us up. The vulgarness is a, is a part of life and part of that amusement. There's something about the vulgarness or the crudeness of like toilet humor or dropping an F-bomb that it just cuts across all, you know, lines and, and all things that are going on because everyone poops and most everyone cusses. Uh, and even if you don't, you know, you're like aware of the potency and the, and the fire of those words. And there's this Greek, uh, parable or this Greek myth that I love about a goddess named Hecate. And she was down in the underworld. That's kind of where she hangs out. Well, she hangs out in a lot of different places, but that's one of the places that she hangs out. And Demeter is the goddess of the harvest. And her daughter, Persephone, had been kidnapped and taken down to the underworld. And Demeter was very uh, distraught. She was like, oh my God, I can't find my daughter. Okay, this is a modern interpretation of Demeter. She might not have said, oh my God. (laughs) She might have said, oh my Zeus, I don't know. Um, But she's down in the underworld. She can't find her daughter. And it's a problem because she needs, as the goddess of the harvest, for the seasons to turn and the cycles to come on. And I believe that Persephone is the goddess of spring. Um, And if not, then I will put in the show notes (laughs) that I'm off on that. But I believe that that's, uh, I believe that that's part of it. And so she's down kind of sitting on a rock down in uh, the underworld and feeling very sorry for herself, not sure how she's going to find her daughter. And all of a sudden Hecate comes up to her and Hecate is described as this hag, you know, this like very, uh, non-beautiful by traditional terms, woman who is wearing lots of funny, frumpy clothes and has warts on her face and, uh, you know, could give two cents about how she looks. And she's still deeply feminine. You know, she's in feminine in this wild, uh, kind of rough way. And she comes up to Demeter and starts joking around with her and starts, you know, kind of teasing her and being really vulgar with her. And she lifts her skirt and just shows all of herself to Demeter. And Demeter is shocked And then completely amused. Like, I mean, can you imagine now in modern day, you're like, oh man, I just had the worst day at work and this thing is happening and my boss wants this project. And, you know, you're over with your friend having a glass of wine and she just flashes you like, you're like, what? 
it's just a wake up to the fact that we're all human. We have these bodies and not going to last forever. Um, and there's something that, that breaks down all of our suffering when we think about just being in the moment stripped naked. So literally stripped naked and then also just seeing the nakedness within others. And so with that laughter is ironically what brought Persephone back to Demeter and helped her then reclaim her from the underworld. So whenever I'm going through a tough time, I'm having a hard time feeling my pleasure or I'm feeling very rigid and, uh, and controlling, it's helpful for me to just think about amusement and being in a state of laughter and joy. You can also create your own laughter through laughter yoga or placing a hand on, um, on your abdomen and doing a bit of like a breath of fire, which is a pranayama yoga technique. And then just starting to laugh like anything. You don't have to even think of something, although if it's helpful, you can. Um, but typically just laughter in a way that you can do like, ho, 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 like a Santa Claus laugh or he, 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 or <laughs> I can, I can barely even do this without laughing. Um, and allowing yourself to find that current of laughter can be a huge, a huge stress reliever. Okay. So the, the third, uh, way of a deeply feminine woman is creativity. We are inherently creative, especially the feminine energy. Feminine energy creates without effort. She literally receives and creates without having to put a lot of doing energy into it. And that's symbolized by when we get pregnant, when we have a baby. It's like we receive, you know, the seed and the baby baby happens. We're not doing a lot of, of pushing and controlling and manipulating. And so creativity is a huge outlet so that we don't become destructive with over shopping or overworking or over consuming. Most of the times when we're overdoing it, it's because we don't have enough creativity in our life. We're instead consuming and destroying instead of creating more. And I need a sip of my hot chocolate. Hmm. <laughs> Oh, that is so good. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, creativity is just a divine outlet for excess energy and for so much emotion, so much uh, possibility, so much energy. And sometimes the only way to really capture like the brilliance of a moment or something that we're feeling is through something creative. It really touches the soul in a way that's timeless, in a way that connects us with others. So for you, that might be singing, it might be dancing, it might be watercoloring, it might be getting your hands in clay. Oh, I love that. I was doing pottery for a little while. I did that when I was in high school. And then I also did that uh, a little bit, maybe three or four years ago. And there was something about touching the earth, knowing that the clay that I was touching used to be a dust particle or coming from the earth and maybe was part of a dinosaur was part of an old fern, obviously not a fossilized one, but just this idea that everything, all the atoms are getting recycled and I'm touching something so timeless and I'm molding it in my hands. It was such a sensual, beautiful experience and such a stress reliever. So I just invite you to tap into your creativity in order to honor your feminine energy that we all have in all of us and use that creativity to stop the cycle of destruction. I mean, the destruction is just maddening. Like we all get into that. I know I can get into that too, of just more, 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 whether it's eating or shopping or drinking or whatever it is, this hunger, this hunger sometimes can only be quenched by touching our soul essence and touching our soul essence happens through having a creative outlet and through enjoying the creativity of others. 
I feel literally like high when I'm walking around a museum. I just feel so turned on by all the art and all the possibility and all the perspectives that people hold and how they express themselves in the world. And to me, it's just absolutely magical. And the creativity doesn't have to mean that you have to become an artist, although I think we're all artists. I have a very simple little watercolor tray that I use, you know, a few times a week on just regular eight by 11 paper, listening to music in front of my altar. And it brings me so much joy. I just see whatever comes out and I let myself be a beginner and let myself be a kid and myself play and create and tap into that sense of timelessness. And that's something that it feels like for me within, you know, pleasure is that pleasure feels timeless, you know, whether it's coming from a sunset or a session of beautiful lovemaking or creating something with our hands, it drops us into that state of flow that takes us beyond just our present circumstances. And when we can get beyond our present circumstances and be in flow, then we can create so much more with our lives and and with our energy, creating miracles and creating wonders with full faith and with love. And that brings me to the fourth way of a deeply feminine woman, which is desire. Ooh, this is like sizzling (laughs) for me, just full of passion and heat. And so much of desire has been shamed through religious and other structures. Like it's not okay to have desire. It's shameful to have desire. You should be okay with what you've got. And yeah, in some ways we do want to be content with what we have. If we're not content with what we have, then it's going to be hard to, you know, find sometimes our, our, our sense of belonging in the moment and our sense of contentment and not the sometimes seedier aspects of desire, which can be like greed or lust or all of those things. But we'll get to that in a, in a few minutes about the beauty of all emotions and including greed and lust. But in terms of desire and passion, it is a catalyst. It wakes things up. It shakes things up. When we have a desire for something, there's just this potent driving energy It's what creates possibilities. It's what allows us to uh, touch into that heat and passion of being alive on the planet. And so for a long time, I wasn't used to having desires because I was always just fulfilling my desires. Like I was like, oh, I want this. I'm going to get it. Or I want, I have this need. I'm going to fulfill it. But it's, it was all like desires very much within a little box of what I thought it was okay to have or capable of of receiving or creating. I had a lot of limits on what I thought my life could look like or how much I could really receive and enjoy. So I really invite you to stretch, stretch your desires, stretch them out, make them even more juicy and luscious and delicious and silly. I mean, I think in the, um, the video that I made about the seven ways of the deeply feminine woman, what was coming to me in that moment was watermelon jelly ranchers. I was like, sometimes you just have a desire for watermelon jelly ranchers. And even saying that my mouth is watering. I'm wondering if that's happening for you too. It's like when we have a desire for something, it activates, you know, something in our nervous system and our brain, and it already brings that experience to us. And I studied the yoga sutras for a long time and Buddhism for a long time. And they were anti the five senses, you know, for the most part, there's a few parts of yoga and Buddhism that are not. But for the most part, it was anti five senses. And so when I first started working more with pleasure and femininity, it was actually amazing, but also felt very weird to be in touch so much with my desires and touch so much and in touch so much with my pleasures. But that's a tangent. So 
The idea of desire could not only catalyze us to a new possibility, bring us closer to another human being, it can activate a passion and just a wealth of energy for life. So I invite you to be bold with your desires, to stretch your desires, and to notice if your desires only fall into a certain category. Like maybe you've gotten into a rut with your desires. Maybe they're all related to how you look. Or maybe they're all related to partnership, or maybe they're all related to adventure. And bust out of that rut. Give yourself a chance to have desires in a lot of different places in your life. And even something simple as just meditating on your desires or writing down your desires can create a little happy sense of wonder and a happy sense of uh, surprise. It's kind of like a vision board, but it's like a very low-key vision board because I don't think we should obsess over our desires. That's not the point is to become attached to the desire. It's just to notice the desire. A lot of times misplaced or suppressed desire can lead to a lot of toxic behavior. So I think if we all were in more touch with our desires, then we'd be able to have our needs met and express our desires in a way that felt unique to each of us and in a way that we felt seen and and dignified in our desires versus feeling the shame and the suffering of keeping them hidden. So I'm all about letting our freak flag fly with our desires in terms of just letting ourselves want, you know, what we want. Again, with a caveat of care for self and care for others. So I have to keep prefacing that in the podcast. I think maybe because I have my own shadow around thinking, oh my God, people are going to judge me for talking about pleasure. They're going to say it's not practical. And they're going to say like, well, what about people who are malicious? And so maybe I'll get over myself at some point in this podcast and stop having to justify pleasure or having to explain, um, you know, the limitations that I'm, that I'm drawing around pleasure. So anyway, I digress. But the, the fifth way of a deeply feminine woman is through emotion. So just to recap, we've been talking about pleasure. That's number one. We've been talking about amusement. That's number two. Creativity, number three. And then desire, number four. And so the fifth way of a deeply feminine woman is through full emotion. And there's just a deep part of my body that says yes to this. It's like a F yes. Oh my gosh. My whole being uh, kind of is like an earthquake when I think about emotion. And motion runs so deep in our nervous system, it runs so deep in our psyche, and it's such an amazing part of being alive. I mean, that's what drama is, right? You know, the comedy, the sadness, like everything that we find entertaining is entertaining because typically because of emotion. There is someone that is an experience that is experiencing an emotion, and seeing that happen awakes something within us. So I am just very, very devoted to the quality of emotion and being intimate with our emotions and being expressive with our emotions and taking full ownership of our emotion because every emotion in my book holds a massive, massive gift. Uh, I have a lot of jealousy. I get jealous very easily and envious too. Um, And I used to really shame myself for that because it felt so heated and I felt so wrong for feeling competitive and all of these things. And then I realized that the jealousy was actually super beautiful because it was waking me up to what I really wanted. It was almost the key into a deeper desire. So if I saw someone, you know, and I was jealous of them, I used to stay in my judgmental mind. I used to be analyzing my emotion instead of just freaking feeling the emotion. Because when I actually dropped in to feel the emotion of jealousy, there was heat, 
And there was a little bit of anger, you know, that I didn't have this thing or I wasn't like this person. And there was a little bit of fear that, oh, well, maybe I'm not good enough or maybe this person is better than me. And then therefore, you know, my partner will leave me or whatever things. But if I took out the story and the kind of strange workings of my mind and just let myself feel the potency of the energy, wow, then I would be spurred into action. It's like emotion is just energy in motion. It's just putting us into action towards what we want. And again, from a place of creativity, not destruction, it leads to some beautiful intimacy with life and beautiful intimacy with everyone around us and so much more connection. When we're not feeling our emotions, just like our desires, they can come out in very strange ways, like passive aggressive. And I see that a lot with women who haven't been in touch with their anger. You know, if we're not in touch with our shame, sometimes we will then project that onto other people. So we'll do a whole nother episode or two or three or five about emotion because it's such a, a rich topic. But the emotional piece is also related to what's considered sometimes to be the dark feminine you know, a, a goddess like Kali or other feminine forces that seem scary to some people because there's a fierceness, there's a rage, there's an anger, a destruction. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a necessary part of life. You know, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, all of those are mama earth. <laughs> mama earth is a feminine energy. And the feminine energy means means sometimes that there's darkness, sometimes there's shadow, there's destruction, all of these things that Yes, we don't want to overdo that through our own neuroses, like we were talking about with a part of this podcast on creativity and using creativity to not be so entrenched in consumption. But there's a real purpose to these darker emotions that really serve and fuel us towards our own awakening, our own growth, and just our own humanity. So huge full body yes to emotion. And I invite you to play with your emotion, dramatize your emotion, go all out with your emotion in a way that feels safe for you, obviously not to other people, but in a way that allows you to feel that fullness of being alive. I'm feeling just activated just talking about emotion. It makes me so happy. <laughs> okay. So the, uh, the sixth way of a deeply feminine woman is change. Like I was saying with Mother Earth, everything is always changing. There's seasons, there's cycles, you know, nothing stays the same. If something stays the same in the natural world, it means that it's dead. I had to have another sip of my hot chocolate. Yummy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, in the natural world, if something changes, it is dead. Change also means movement. And mov movement is a huge part of the feminine. Masculine energy is considered to be more stable. Uh, more structured, more still, or, or completely empty. Feminine is everything that changes, everything that moves. So when you want to be in more touch with your feminine energy, move. Move in a way that feels connected to the cycles of change and to the rhythms of the earth. Laying down on snow and making a snow angel. Oh, that sounds so good right now. <laughs> um, moving or dancing or, or circulating your hips or doing a, a nice, yummy, deep, stretchy yoga class this idea of change and of movement and allowing ourselves to be the movement and be the change instead of feeling like we need we need to control it so a deeply feminine woman will allow the cycles of life to flow through her she is the cycles of life flowing through her through every month of her menstruation through her journey into menstruation through her journey out of menstruation and into menopause from the cycle of being the maiden the mother and then the crone through the cycles of friendship, of gaining friends and losing friends, of taking 
you know, a lover and losing a lover or, you know, having a child and then see the child go off to college. There's so much change that happens in our life and it's just happening more and more. And so we get to dance with it in a way that feels really feminine and process all the emotions and and all of the things that come up. So when we're not moving uh, is an opportunity for us to actually move with the rhythm of life. That doesn't mean you have to always be doing something physical, but I invite you to because it's really fun and gives us a lot of bio energy and, and helps, um, yeah, just connect us to the change and the movement of all things and especially to our body. And that leads me to the last way of a deeply feminine woman, which is sensual embodiment. And again, my body just feels totally lit up even just talking about this. I get very uh, excited (laughs) talking about sensual embodiment. So we spoke a little bit at the beginning about pleasure being connected to the five senses. Oh, and how nice that is to help us slow down and enjoy the beauty of every single moment, you know, smelling a rose when we're walking our dog or stopping to look into our husband's eyes or savoring you know, the hot water as we're taking our morning shower. I mean, there's just so many sensual pleasures. And so sensual pleasures or sensual embodiment leads to pleasure and kind of creates this circuit that we've been talking about. So the seventh way of this feminine woman is sensual embodiment. Sensual embodiment leads to pleasure. Pleasure leads to amusement, uh, helps us to not take life so seriously. The amusement leads to possibility or creativity Creativity leads to desire, desire leads to emotions, emotions leads to change, and then change invites movement, which brings us back into our sensual embodiment. So as as we um, finish off this podcast, I just want to dive a little bit deeper into the sensual embodiment. And embodiment is a word that maybe you've heard a lot about and even done a lot of practice with. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you're like, what, what is embodiment? <laughs> Obviously, the word just means to be in your body or to be in an act of being in your body because it's not like we do this once and then forget about it. And I learned about sensual embodiment through my therapist, actually. Uh, I, of course, was doing things physically when I was younger. I would love going down to the pool uh, by our house and I would like go plunge down into the deep water and then use my legs to jump up and shoot out of the water and then go back down and then plunge back up and down. And there was something very cathartic and very probably weird looking, but so amazing about, about that. I really loved that, like the sensation of jumping out of the water and then diving back in and feeling kind of the pressure of the water as I, as I, um, you know, sunk to the bottom a little bit more. So I think I've been craving this sensual embodiment or creating it really my whole life. Um, I ran a lot in cross country and track and I did cross country skiing and I was pretty connected physically and actively to my body, but I wasn't always paying attention to my body. And I just wanted to share a short story about that. And let me take another sip of my hot chocolate. Mm. 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 (laughs) I make a lot of little whimpers and noises because I'm a very vocal person, but I'm really enjoying this hot chocolate. I hope you're enjoying something too as you're as you're listening to this podcast. So yeah, I I thought that I was connected to my body because I had done so much in terms of athletics, but I didn't realize how disconnected I was from my body until I hurt myself. And I had had some injuries before from sports and stuff, but I had rolled my ankle. I was living in Toronto. This was gosh, ten years ago. Yeah, ten years ago. Hmm. I had rolled my ankle and because the healthcare up there is freaking awesome, I had free 
like acupuncture and physical therapy and some other things. I had rolled my ankle playing ultimate frisbee, which is so funny to think about when I think back because I don't really think of myself as a super coordinated person. I mean, I'm I'm somewhat coordinated, but I don't know what inspired me to play ultimate frisbee, but some people from work invited me to be a part of the team. And I thought, why not? I was looking for new people to meet in the city and uh, Toronto is such a great city. It's pretty easy to meet people, but I decided to, uh, to join the league. And anyway, rolled my ankle, was getting some electrostimulation therapy on my ankle. And afterwards, the, the therapist said, you know, I really need you to ice and massage your ankle, you know, daily for the next week or two. And so I was home that night and I was massaging my ankle and I broke down in tears. I just started bawling as I was massaging my ankle because it was the first time in my life, I was 29 years old, that I realized, whoa, this is my body. This is, this is my body. I mean, of course, it's part of the universal body and all of that as well. But I had this steep sadness that I had never taken care of my body, never connected to my body in a way that was validating or healing. And I had spent my whole life pushing my body, manipulating my body, judging my body, instead of just loving my body, loving her just as she was, even with her twisted ankle, even with, you know, the pain that was there. And as I wept those tears of gratitude and remembrance and, you know, sadness for not having seen her or touched her or taking care of her, I realized like, wow, I could be in my body in a whole different way. Like I could be aware of my body in a whole different way. And what might that feel like? What might that look like? Uh, I didn't know. I just knew that it awoke, it awoke in me this desire to go on a deeper journey. And then I had the good fortune of finding an excellent, excellent, excellent somatic therapist. She was amazing. And basically every session we did somatic experiencing for about five years and sometimes just many times a week or, you know, two times a week, we'd have sessions and mostly just like one time a week, but it was an hour of just what is the sensation of my body? What does it look like? What's the texture? What's the color? What's the shape? What's the size? Taking away the story, you know, just breathing into and noticing what my body was trying to tell me. And this idea of sensual embodiment is actually something I hear again and again and again from men. And we have men come to speak with the women in my program, Queens of Pleasure, uh, the program that helps women with their dating and love life and, and healing. And the men always say the number one thing that they find attractive about a woman is a woman who is embodied. It's not about how she looks. It's about how deeply is she connected to her body. And there's something so magnetic and sensual about that. So when we talk about and experience <laughs> sensual embodiment. It's about being with the body, being in the body as a moment by moment devotion and offering to the wisdom of the body and the pleasure of the body and not shying away from the emotions or the sensations that are coming up, but in a way that's savoring it. So of course, being in the body is nice. But when we really slow down and savor being in the body, it's like, oh, time just extends, everything stretches, you know, metaphorically and metaphysically. And we come into that union of, of bringing our spiritual self into our, our physical self. I could probably talk forever about sensual embodiment. <clears throat> and there's amazing practices for sensual embodiment. We'll probably do whole other episodes on that. You know, yoga, different types of yoga, jade egg, 
um, self-massage, partner massage, light touch, oh, even just noticing <clears throat> noticing the sensations of the body. I need another sip of hot chocolate, just a second. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. And of course, lots of movement practices and um, dance and, and other ways of being sensual and, and being in the body. So I just want to recap what we've been exploring together. I've realized how challenging it is to make a podcast on pleasure when pleasure is something that you have to experience. It's not something that's easy to talk about, but we're doing it. It's this important. <laughs> and I will keep describing pleasure in all the ways that I can think of um, in order to invite you into a deeper sense of communion with your feminine energy and then therefore, obviously, also tapping into the ability to be in your masculine energy. And we'll get into the masculine energy in another, another episode. Um, so my gift to you and my invitation for you is to honor the beautiful feminine energy within you, including the dark, shadowy spaces, the rage, the jealousy, all that comes up to allow this, this circuit to complete. And I'll just say it again of pleasure and following your pleasure which leads to a sense of amusement and lightness about life, which leads to a sense of possibility and creativity, which leads to desire, passion, <laughs> which leads to emotion, which leads to change, including movement, which leads to sensual embodiment. And the sensual embodiment allows us to feel even more pleasure. And then the cycle continues. And there's just one other thing I forgot to share about the sensual embodiment, which is adornment. Yes, adornment. And we'll do other episodes on adornment. But it's really nice to adorn yourself sometimes. It's for your own pleasure, you know, feeling good about yourself. And also as a way of communicating and expressing however you're feeling in the moment. Maybe you're wearing black because you're feeling kind of mysterious. Maybe you're wearing white because you're feeling light and innocent. It's probably even just subconscious what we feel drawn to adorn ourselves with. But taking the time as part of our sensual embodiment practice to really adorn ourselves as an act of devotion and an act of seduction, an act of magnetism, of, of expressing who we are. And then, of course, magnetizing towards us like that which feels good. So I didn't want to forget about adornment, adornment as an aspect of sensual embodiment. Mm. So I'm sending you so much love, so much pleasure, lots of hot chocolate and anything else that tickles your fancy. And I will see you on our next episode. Thanks for tuning in and turning on for healthy love because better relationships mean more power, more creativity and a better planet. I'm here to end the suffering of abuse and loneliness. And it starts with you please subscribe to my show and leave a review. If you want more love, pleasure, and power in your life, go to violetlang.com forward slash talk. That's violetlang.com forward slash talk to sign up for a free Breakthrough to Love call. These are special deep dives only for women who are committed and ready for lasting love. If that's you, book your time now with me or my team.